0: Hi, my name is Hacia Soroka and I'm here with Robin Axelrod.
1: We're going to talk about depression today, undercovering what depression really means for adults and for children, and also talking about mental health stigma in general
0: and how we can get around that. So, Hacia, would you like to start talking about depression? Sure. Um, so, I know that when we were kind of talking about topics to discuss today, I had said that, you know, I wanted to talk about depression. and. You know, the reason that I want to talk about, I know it, it can be a heavy topic to discuss, um, but the reason that I wanted to talk about it is because it actually is one of the more, or one of the most common types of mental health conditions. Um, my background is in community mental health, and depression is something that we really do see all the time. And oftentimes when I'm meeting with people, it, you know, they'll tell me, you know, I felt this way for years, or I've always felt this way, or I've felt this way since I was a kid. Um, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, for a lot of people takes months, years, um, a very long time to, to address. Um, you know, so I know that in the community that I work in and in many communities, including our own, we're very reluctant to talk about it. Um, that's because there's still a lot of stigma around it. Um, but that's why I think it's really, really important that we talk about it openly. And the more we talk about it openly, I think, the less stigmatized it becomes. Um, you know, and I and if you're if you're somebody who is struggling right now or knows someone who is, um, you know, the most important thing to know really about depression is that it's it's very treatable. And like I said, for a lot of people, it just it, it you know it's Sometimes it takes them, you know, years of suffering and struggling before they really seek any kind of help. Um, so I think that I'm sorry. Go there, ahead.
1: Is there is there something that is common amongst people that you know come for help for depression? Like, is there usually like an event that triggers them getting the help, or when do they come to that understanding that you know it's not a normal or typical situation?
0: You know, a lot of what I hear is, you know, it's just getting worse and worse. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this idea of like, okay, like I don't feel like myself, but there's an expectation that, you know, something will get better. And, you know, for some people it does after some time. um, And for a lot of people, you know, it doesn't. And so a lot of the time the people that I meet with just, you know, they've said it just kept getting worse and worse and now this is where I am. Um, You know, some people will come to me because they've spoken to their doctor and their doctor says, I think you're depressed. I Mm. think you should talk to somebody. Um, You know, and so they'll say, you know, if a doctor is telling me this, maybe there's something to it. You know, Mm. it can be really hard to confront this idea that you might be depressed. Um, But I think that the the most recent figures that I looked up um, were from uh, the National Institute of Mental Health, and I think their most recent figures are from 2017. And you know, about seven over 17 million people have an episode of major depression a year in the United States. Yeah, um, it's a pretty high number. And would and you say,
1: in your experience, are like do people go get help on their own, or is it more family or friend, you know, pushing them, or uh, or a doctor, like, you know, as the people that do seek the help, is it on their own that they go to seek the help, or are they? counseled by someone or advised by a friend, you know, or family member to get help?
0: Um, You know what? It's a mix, I think. Mm -hmm. Some um, Some people will get feedback from their family or friends. So somebody might notice that there's something that's changed about them or that they're struggling or they're not coping as well with things. Or you might have a conversation with someone, you know, who's close to you. You confide in them. And that person will say... I'm worried about you. I'm concerned about you. I think you should talk to somebody. Um, and then there are people who they come to my office, and you would never know that they are struggling with depression. You know, and they'll they'll tell me that they'll say nobody knows this about me. Nobody knows that I'm you know I'm feeling this way. I'm really good at hiding this.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
0: I wear a mask. You know, nobody would ever be able to tell. Uh-huh. You know? and so on the outside they're kind of they're cheerful and 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 you know it doesn't seem like there's anything going on but inside they're really they're really in a lot of pain Mm -hmm. you know so I think that it it can be it can be a mix you know for some people you know the people that that are watching them that know them well can observe these changes and for other people who feel these changes don't really want to project them to others and they they do a really good job at you know, keeping how they're feeling to themselves.
1: Interesting. Okay. So, so what does depression look like? How, like, how would I know, you know, if someone was experiencing it, a family friend, a family member, myself, how would I know if someone is experiencing depression?
0: So with major depression, a um, number of things are happening. In order for you to be diagnosed with an episode of major depression, um There need to be a a number of different things that are going on simultaneously for a certain amount of time, and they have to be impacting you in a certain type of way. So here are some things that you might sort of notice either in somebody else or notice in yourself that could be indicators that you might be depressed. Um, One is that you might feel like you don't really have an appetite for things that you usually enjoy. You know, the things that you used to find, like, pleasure in or that you used to really, like, get excited about, like, you just don't really have, a, have an excitement for it anymore. You don't feel like you have an excitement for things in general, maybe, anymore. Um, you might start to, you know, and, and depression, you know, also is a mood disorder. So you might start to feel down or feel hopeless about how, you know, things being any different than they are. Um, you might experience changes in your sleeping, so feeling very restless sleep or not being able to sleep or sleeping a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, excessively sleeping for hours and hours at a time. Um, Your appetite could change. Mm -hmm. So you might find that you just don't have an appetite or that you're you're eating a lot more than you ordinarily do or you might experience weight gain or weight loss. Um, a lot of people with depression feel poorly about themselves. They feel like they've let themselves down, they've let family down, they've let people that they know down. Um, you might struggle with concentration. You might notice that you've slowed down a bit yourself, or somebody might point out that you're kind of sort of slowing slowing down, you know. Um, and then, of course, um, one of the things that's common with depression is also suicidal thoughts. So. Typically, if you're experiencing those things or any combination of those things for you know, two weeks or more, um, and they're impacting your life, your functioning, your social life, your occupational life, um, your academic life, your education, um, that might be something that you need to address either with your doctor or with a mental health provider.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, and do you see I mean what how would a child present I mean children present differently than adults that have depression do they present in the same way
0: so so some some of the things that I described happening in adults happen in children um, but there are some different things to look for in children as well Um, with with kids irritability um, or anger is kind of the mood change you know, they might, they might seem depressed, but also irritability would be, you know, a red flag if your child seems irritable all the time, um, or if they are becoming more socially withdrawn or they're not able to have fun, right? So, you know, in adults, it might seem like, you know, you just don't really experience an interest or pleasure in doing things that ordinarily might give you, get you excited for kids that they're not, they're not having, they're not able to have fun, um, you might also see that they become a little bit more sensitive to rejection. Um, they, might ex- they might report to you like things in terms of like physical complaints, like stomach aches or headaches that aren't responding to any kind of treatment, right? So, you know, if you're taking them to the doctor and you're getting their stomach sort of looked at and you're getting them tested for, for headaches, but there's, there doesn't seem to be any real reason why those are being caused, right? So somatic complaints, or something to look for um, with kids um, they might be struggling to concentrate they might also have changes in their sleep or appetite um, and of co- course also you know if a kid expresses any kind of thoughts of wanting to be dead or gone or not wanting to be alive that that would be a sign
1: hmm. so I mean in my practice I've seen a lot of children um, who have mental health issues have those issues really not addressed because they're not noticed by other people as being mental health issues. So, a lot of depression, anxiety, um, or other mental health issues that children would experience would look as though that they're having you know type of behavior issue. Maybe they're oppositional, or um, you know they they have poor coping skills, and because they are you know being Um, presented or looking a certain way, um, many providers, many adults, many parents, teachers, um, or others are, you know, thinking that it's just a behavior issue. Maybe it's a learning disability. Maybe it's a, um, you know, behavioral problem. Maybe they can't control themselves. Maybe they're being oppositional defiant. But really when it comes down to it, they may have depression or anxiety. So it's really important for those working with children to, you know, See if they can figure out what actually is going on with that child, and if they are not sure if it's a mental health issue, they should really look into it and see if it is a mental health issue or if it's something else. Is it a true behavior issue? Or are they acting out because, you know, they have true behavioral problems, or are they acting out because they're depressed, they're anxious, um, or you know, some some other mental health issue that they're going through, or are they, you know, being withdrawn or passive not because They don't want to participate, not because, you know, they're being defiant, but because they have no interest in participating and maybe they're depressed. So that's really something that clinicians, parents, teachers have to look into is the difference between a child that's presenting with a mental health issue and one that's presenting with other behavioral problems um, or learning disabilities. So, you know, I find that as a therapist myself, and, you know, especially, you know, the graduates that I've taught, many of them are, you know, taught to look for those learning disabilities, for those, you know, clear cut issues that you can see in front of you when you're evaluating a child, but not always, and I'd say most of the time not, um, looking for those other hidden issues or those diagnoses that could be mistakenly diagnosed as being really depressed or anxious, but, um, you know, would present as if they're having some type of learning disability or defiance issue. So um,
0: yeah, uh, I mean, that, that absolutely is right. Um, yeah. You know, I think that, I think that, that children, right, it, it can be a little bit challenging because the kid also is, is going to struggle to express themselves in the way that an adult can, right? And even adults have, have trouble, I think, expressing. That they might be depressed some people will come to me and say my doctor said I'm depressed right. you know or uh, I think I might be depressed but I don't know right mm-hmm. so you know so so now consider a child trying to verbalize um, you know these, these very complex feelings and emotions to an adult um, you know and in fact you know, when when we treat kids, a lot of the time, especially for younger kids, we don't even—it's not—you're not doing traditional talk therapy. You're doing play therapy. They're using, you know, imaginative play to express their own inner world and their own inner workings and how they feel about things. Um, and they're actually learning to kind of name some of the things that they're experiencing because you know some kids don't have the the you know the word or the words or the language for some of these one of these issues that they might be dealing with.
1: Right. know, it's definitely a complex situation, um, even in terms of, like, eating and, and you know, and ch- children choosing not to eat. I mean, that could be, you know, a sensory issue. Maybe they just don't like this type of food. Or it could be that, um, you know, they're just, you know, they're, they're depressed. That they've had loss of appetite and they don't want to eat because of that. So, um, you know, that could also be something that comes up that lack of appetite or that not wanting to eat, or also maybe the opposite, um, eating too much or binge eating, which, you mm-hmm. know, they come up, um, as, right. You know, so
0: having a differential is really important. Knowing, knowing where, where these things are coming from can really be the difference between like one type of treatment and something totally different.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. It's definitely a complex topic. Um, what are some, I mean, there are, you know, what, what's recommended, I mean, in terms of, you know, like a social worker would recommend, um, counseling, medication, the combination of both?
0: Well, I think everybody is different. Um, so, you know, I think that the first thing, the first thing to do is if you feel like, you know, you might not be, um, Functioning at your best and you believe that you might be depressed or you know you are depressed um, the first thing to do would probably be either to have a conversation with your doctor or with a mental health provider some people will just start if you have like a family physician or somebody somebody that you trust with your medical care you may start with your doctor not all doctors really know very much about mental health some are a lot some are great some know a lot about depression and, and can sort of lead you in the right direction, and some um, are, are less kind of aware of what to do when somebody comes to them with depression. So if, if your doctor doesn't really seem to know kind of what the next steps ought to be or is just kind of writing you a prescription for medication, um, you know, you might want to follow it up with seeing a mental health provider. And at, at the end, I will, I'll provide a few different places so that people who are seeking, um, you know, referral sources can kind of find out where they can access care. But, but basically, you know, you know start, start with your doctor or with an assessment um, by a mental health practitioner that can be a clinical social worker um, or a psychologist or, um, you know, a psychiatric provider Um, for a lot of people who have depression um, a combination of counseling and medication can be very very effective some people just want to go to counseling and try to see if that can help them and they do and it can be very helpful Um, and some people just kind of want to take medication and they don't want to have to go into therapy and talk about some of the things that are challenging them. And, you know, I think that each person is individual. So it really does depend on what's going on, how severe it is, and what your mental health provider is recommending for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, we, we do see the best outcomes with a combination of both talk therapy and medication. And I believe that that is what um, a majority of people do. Um, mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that that's necessarily the right thing for you. So I think that everybody needs, you know, anybody who is interested in pursuing um, treatment for depression um, needs to have their own individual evaluation and determine what what is the right combination for them. But, you know, for people who do suffer with depression, it can be very treatable. So, you know, it, it's something that if you try to get help for it, you can often succeed in feeling a lot better um, once you're engaged in treatment so I think mm-hmm. that's really the the main takeaway um, is you know some people just feel like you know what for right. you know, and 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 they lose a lot they lose they lose a lot of time potentially in feeling like themselves again you know mm-hmm. um but but that's really that's really the you know I would say is the main takeaway. Uh, what about
1: um, I mean I know they say like you know a, a lot of people suffer from depression but are there those that have depression that do not need to get treatment like is there mild depression in some people I mean when when is the point where they really you know they they should seek help like are there people walking around with mild depression that don't need help um, or you'd say you know that that's not because people have told me like oh everyone has depression you know everyone has some type of depression or a little bit of depression like what are your thoughts on that
0: right so there's definitely a range of severity from mild to severe Mm -hmm. and you know people can make a decision for themselves as to how much they're feeling impacted by by you know what's going on and and what they think is going to be helpful you know, for just some, some basic tips just to kind of help with mood improvement. Um, exercise is really great. Um, increasing your social support, leaning on, leaning on the people around you, your family, your friends, um, you know, talking to, to people about how you're feeling, um, doing pleasurable activities, even if you're like not really particularly feeling that into them can help, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so, you know, if you're feeling depressed from time to time and doing those things helps you feel better, then that's great. You know, but, but a, major de- a major episode of depression will be one that lasts for a couple of weeks and, um, you know, could, could need some, some additional intervention um, mm-hmm. in order for people to, to, to be able to cope uh, better than, than how they're doing. Remember, depression. Um, is going to impact certain areas of functioning, so you 're going to see like some changes in like your ability to like function in social circumstances or at work or you know so when they start to impact your life right right we all experience feeling down or sad from time to time those are normal those are normal emotions, feeling angry, feeling frustrated you know that just makes us human right. Yeah, you know, having having those negative feelings doesn't make doesn't mean there's any anything going on that everyone else is not experiencing. It's when it lingers and it starts to impact your everyday life mm-hmm. that we would then say, well, maybe maybe you could use additional intervention. Maybe you can use some help. Maybe you can use some other ways of coping with what's going on.
1: Right. Yeah, because I feel like that word depression is like really. You know, people say it so easily nowadays, like, oh, I'm feeling so depressed. You know, but, you know, do they need to get intervention? You know, in in OT world, you know, someone that would need to get or be recommended to get um, services will be someone that is really having that impact on their life. So, you know, if the depression is so forceful that it's not letting them get out of bed in the morning to get to work or not able, you know, not letting them get, Um, you know, out a bed to help, you know, make breakfast for their children or, you know, whatever it may be, whatever their roles are, if they're not able to be functional in those roles and it's due to the depression, then they really should seek help. You know, if it's manageable and they just have, you know, a depressed thought here or there and they're able to go about their day and be a functional adult or child, then that's okay, but um, if it's impacting their function or their roles, then that's really, you know, time to get some help
0: right and you know um, struggling with with depression where it's really challenging to get out of bed that's that's already pretty severe you know and of course if you're having any thoughts of suicide or you know you just start to think well I, I don't know what the point is anymore and I don't want to be around anymore or I don't want to you know it's pretty common with depression and that's that's a, you know a, a sign that maybe you need to talk to somebody mm-hmm. about how you're feeling
1: mm-hmm. okay um and how long? I mean, every I guess every person is different in terms of how long they would need that support or that the services for, right?
0: Yes, it's very it's very individual, um, and it's it's really something that you can you can talk to your mental health provider about as you go. Um, you know, I think that if you're engaged in treatment and you're not feeling any changes, you're not feeling like you're getting better, that's also a very important conversation um, to be having. If you don't feel like you're getting anything out of the counseling you're receiving, you know maybe you need to change um, what you're doing. Um, maybe they need to change what you're doing. Maybe you need to change therapists and do something differently. Um, so you you really should sort of have this idea in your mind that there's a goal that you're working towards. You know, some people go to therapy and their thought about it is, well, you know, I'm just going to talk about, like, my week or my day and, like, I'll do this once a week and, you know, that'll be therapy. Um, and some people do do that and it's fine and it works for them. But if you, if at the end of the day you're not seeing improvements or any changes in how you're feeling or functioning um you know that's that's at that point you know you should be having a conversation with your um, mental health care provider or you should be considering what you want to do um you know but but certainly bring it to their attention because you know you should have in, in the back of your own mind that that there is a goal and that goal is whatever you want it to be. I want to feel better. I want to function better. I want to be able to go to work every single day and not feel overwhelmed, whatever, whatever that is for you. Um, you know, that, that you should be working towards that goal or have, have that in your mind as kind of like a mile marker that you're making progress or you're, you're doing better or feeling better. No. And are there specific strategies or treatment approaches that social workers
1: take um, in, to treat depression? Are there, like, categories of different
0: types of strategies or techniques? There, Yeah, there are a lot of different types of therapies. Um, one of the most um, commonly and, you know, sort of evidence-based um, modality, so an evidence-based modality would be something that um, – they've studied and they've shown has worked Mm -hmm. um, is something called cognitive behavioral therapy which a lot of listeners probably have already heard of or CBT Mm -hmm. and the concept behind CBT is we have a way that we think about things that can sometimes lead us to feel depressed or anxious we have patterns of thought, you know the way we conceptualize or are thinking about something that are um, causing us to feel the way we're feeling. And, so, and and also, you know, different types of behaviors that could also be contributing to our depression. So what, what a CBT therapist will do or what a therapist who utilizes CBT will do is they'll, they'll really want to get a sense of you know, what What ways are you thinking about things? What ways are you thinking about your life or issues in your life or things that are going on in your life? And um, and really take a critical lens, and when I say critical, I mean like take a step back and, and try to work on trying to determine, you know, is this way of thinking um, helpful? Is it not helpful? Is there another way to kind of approach this? Can Can we look at this from a different perspective? Is there some other way that is going to um, help you to think about this situation that is not as, um, you know, painful or, you know, sometimes people have real stress and struggles in their life, and that's part of why they're feeling depressed. But um, sometimes doing things differently, so the behavioral part of it, can help. And sometimes, you know, really understanding how we're thinking, because we don't really think about how we think. You know, we're not super aware or conscious of the ways that we think about things and having somebody coming in from the outside who's looking at it and, you know, pointing out certain habits, you know, thinking habits that we might have can be really useful um, in terms of reducing depression and helping us develop a perspective that is more helpful or, um, you know, healthier for us. So. CBT is a is a really big one. Some people um, some people go to a psychodynamic psychotherapist, and psychodynamic psychotherapists, um, what they do is they try to understand how your past experiences are influencing your current thoughts and your current behaviors and your current relationships, um, and they help you to draw connections between the two of them, um, and help you figure out what's working, what isn't working, you know, so you can move forward um, as well. So, you know, there, there, are, there are different ways to address um, to address depression, and, and, you know, they can be very helpful and effective.
1: And how would you, I mean, what would you advise someone? I mean, there are a lot of therapists out there, you know, counselors, social workers, um, and even individuals with, without, you know, any real credentialing. How would, we, how would someone know that they've found a therapist that is right for them? Like, is there any, you know, what, what, would, what should they look for? if they're you know looking around for a therapist
0: yeah I mean I think that that's one of the things that is the most important is kind of have feeling like you have the right fit with mm-hmm. a therapist that you're working with that's somebody that you feel like you can like be open with so you have a good rapport with but also somebody who has experience in whatever it is that brought you in um, mm-hmm. so somebody who has worked with individuals who've had depression and most clinical social workers have, because like I said, it's extremely common. Um, um, you know, if you have, if you are looking um, for somebody who, you know, is more specialized, that's, that's, a, little, that's a little bit different, but, but most clinical social workers have some experience in treating depression, so you might want to ask them, you know, what kind of therapy do you do? Um, and have you seen positive outcomes in your patients before or in your clients before or in the people that have come to you? Do you see them getting better? Um, you might want to ask them how long they've been, they've been doing this kind of work. Um, and then you might want to just kind of give it a couple of sessions to see if you feel like you, you are comfortable with that person to be able to you know, talk about some of the things that have been going on. You know, I always I always tell people that I meet, like because you know people can be uncomfortable in in those first couple of sessions, right? Um, talking about something very very personal that they may not have even told anybody at all before in their entire lives, um, and they're telling it to a stranger. You know, they're divulging all of this personal personal information to a stranger. So, you know, it's normal to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Um, So give it a couple of of sessions once, you know, you feel like some of the other factors are okay. You know, you you kind of have given the go ahead with, you know, experience and and whether, you know, they've successfully treated patients before. Um, You know, I don't see a lot of people advertising who are not credentialed at all. um, But there are different types of credentialing. There are licensed clinical social workers. There are psychologists. There are licensed master uh, masters of social work, LMSWs. So there's there's all of these. It's very. I think it can be very, very confusing in the mental health world when you're trying to navigate because there's all these people with all these letters after their name, and nobody knows what any of them are. And it's like basically, you know, to some people, like alphabet soup, right? Like, okay, like this person has a lot of letters after their name. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Right. Um, so it can be a little bit confusing, but you can ask about experience and, um, you know, I think that a majority of therapists who are working in New York City are often licensed clinical social workers. Um, That isn't to say that there aren't also psychologists out there. There are also licensed uh, mental health counselors, LMHCs. There are LMSWs, as I said, and those are individuals who are working towards their LCSW you know so there are a lot of options Um, what can be helpful is actually contacting um, a referral service sometimes if you're trying to navigate you know how to get treated um, for your depression you know so there are a number of different referral services Mm -hmm. the one in uh, in New York City is called New York City well Mm -hmm. Um, so they do a couple of things they are uh, both a referral services service. You can call them and you can say, look, I'm looking for a therapist. This is my insurance. This is, you know, this is what's kind of going on with me. Um, This is where I live and they can help direct you to um, a counselor um, based on your insurance and your, your zip code. And they're also a crisis hotline. So if, if you're feeling like, you really need to talk to somebody, but you don't have anyone to talk to, or you're feeling really overwhelmed, and you don't know how to cope with how you're feeling, and you just want to talk to somebody. Um, you can also contact them, and your call is anonymous. Um, you can also text them, and you can just have a text conversation going. So they do a couple of different things, you know, and I'm just going gonna, gonna to provide their, um, their information um, so that anyone who is interested in contacting them could do that. Um, their, uh, their phone number is one eight 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 N 888 nyc well W-E-L-L. Another, another um, referral organization within our own community, within the Orthodox community, is called Relief. Mm-hmm. And um, they will also kind of listen to what's going on. You can tell them a little bit about yourself and, and, and how you're feeling and what's going on. And they will try to connect you with a qualified therapist um, and their contact information is seven one eight four three one nine five zero one. And then, if you're interested in just kind of looking around yourself and seeing what's out there for yourself, you can go on Psychology Today. You just Google Psychology Today, <laughs> it'll take you to their website, and you it'll say like the 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 box will say like find a therapist, and you'll just you know, put in your zip code or you put in your location. And you can search by your insurance provider. You can search by what kind of therapy you're looking for or what kind of issue you're struggling with. And they'll come up with a whole bunch of people. And you read their profiles, you see their pictures. And you can try to decide for yourself, like, who, d- who speaks to me or, or who looks like somebody I feel like I can talk to or I feel like I'd be comfortable with, um, you know? And um, so there are a number of different ways that you can start your search. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good that there's a lot of, you know, there are a lot of resources out
1: there, Um, you know, and Google could help also. I'm assuming, but Google is probably too much. If you Google, you know, where to get help or, you know, um, that would just be a lot of information for someone. I think those, you know, resources that you gave are more specific to what people should be looking for.
0: Well, and, you know, the other thing I'll say is if you don't feel like you click with a therapist or you don't feel like therapy is what you expected it to be. I would say, you know, don't give up because sometimes you really just have to find the right person to connect to or you really just have to find somebody who has a lot of experience in the area that you're dealing with or you just have to feel secure um, with the person that you're working with. And so sometimes it really is about finding the right fit and it might take more than one try to do Mm -hmm. that. It's kind of like if if you, you know, decide to see a new doctor and like, you know, their bedside manner just isn't for you. You're not going to say, well, I guess I'm never seeing a doctor again. Okay. <laughs> right. right, right. that's, that's not in the cards for me. Right. So I would say don't, don't get discouraged because I think that, you know, um, for some people it is a matter of finding the right fit and it's a matter of feeling like, you know, um, you're talking to somebody who can understand you and who can address your concerns in a way that feels relevant to you and in a way that feels um, like, you know, they they understand what it is that you're going through and what you need, uh-huh. you know, and can, can also perhaps offer some tips as to what you can do. I think some people kind of imagine therapy where like, you know, you're sort of sitting on a couch or lying down on a couch. I mean, this is a very kind of old... <laughs> Very sort of stigmatized tableau, but like you're 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 just kind of like talking and, and, and talking and talking and talking and talking, right? Like, you know, um, it can be really helpful to be getting feedback in therapy. So you know, I would say don't be shy if you're just, if you just feel like you're talking and talking and you're really not getting much out of your therapist to address that with them, or you know, to, and see if that changes, or, or perhaps to to seek um, you know somebody who is going to provide you with more feedback.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Interesting.
1: Okay. Um, You know, I I definitely think um, it's a complicated situation, but something that definitely can be worked on, something that can definitely be improved with the right type of treatment. Um, I think it has a lot to do with understanding your needs, knowing your needs, getting the help that you need, um, and being honest with yourself, you know, because a lot of people just, you know, push it off. You know, they they feel like they're basically you know drowning, but they don't they don't take any type of um, steps towards getting the help. And um, you know, it's
0: so important. It's really really important. Well, so. you know, for those people, I will say that like you're you're you know you're not alone, and and I think it can be very challenging to confront um, confront this issue. I think it, it's challenging to confront this idea that. Hey, maybe maybe I'm not coping so well on my own. Maybe there is um, something that I need um, to help me. And, and there's a, again, I think that there's a lot of stigma around depression, and, and it's just um, it's really something that is um, very 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 common. Um, I think we all just need to talk about it a whole lot more, you know. And the truth is, we don't we don't really know exactly what causes depression. And, you know, for some people, it's going to be, you know, like it could be genetics. For some people, it can be um, stressors in their lives or environment or situations in their lives and environment. Um, and for some people, a combination of both. And, you know, I say to, you know, I say to people all the time, right, um, you know, you have diabetes, you need insulin, right. you know. Um, and you need to adjust your diet, um, and, and people forget that your brain is a part of your body, you right. know, and a very complex part of your body, a very complex organ in the body. Right. So if something can like, if something can happen in your kidneys, why, why can't something happen in your brain? Um, you know, and so I think that for, for some people kind of conceptualizing it that way and understanding, right? like. You know, sometimes you just need to increase the amount of serotonin in your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people will will benefit tremendously, and I've seen I've seen a lot of people improve very quickly um, with medication, with therapy, or with both. Um, with exercise, exercise can be tremendously helpful. You know, mm-hmm. so there's certainly things that you can do that are going to help you feel um, quicker, uh, better, quicker but I think the insidious thing about depression is that a lot of the time one of the ways it manifests itself is it makes people feel hopeless and it makes people feel very unmotivated Mm -hmm. and that combination is very, very, um, very insidious because it makes people feel like there isn't going to be a change. Mm -hmm. You know, that change is not coming or happening um, or that... You know, it's too difficult to do much of anything, let alone something like um, deal with whatever they're struggling with emotionally. You know, mm-hmm. so that's why I, I do say that, that it can be really valuable to, you know, start engaging in treatment um, because you, you can absolutely get help. And, you know, beyond, you know, for some people, there, there are there's a small segment of the population or, or I think um, maybe a third of people that don't respond to tr- uh, traditional treatments but there are other treatments um, that you know um, what could be suggested to them um, you know like something called TMS or ECT um, that that you know you can move move towards but a lot of people do respond to more traditional treatments.
1: mm-hmm interesting Okay. So, you know, this is definitely a a broad topic and everyone has their own specific needs. And, you know, it's really important to get the the specific help that you do need. But I think Kasi did a great job of, um, you know, explaining, you know, how the person would feel, what, um, what type of assistance or support they could seek. And um, you know, just understanding that for children, it may present um, as a, you know as a le- learning disability or as a behavior issue. And really, just to um, look at it and try to uncover what the true issue is, if you know, if there is indeed a mental health issue involved in their behavior. Um, so, with that,
0: I mean, anything else you want to add, Kasia? Uh, well, if you know somebody who you believe is struggling, um, you can encourage them to 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 either talk about it or just offer to kind of be there as a support um, and encourage them to seek help. You know, I think that we probably all know somebody either, you know, it's either ourselves or we know somebody who is dealing with um, depression. Um, And I think that when we talk about it openly, when we encourage people openly to seek treatment, um, it, it just makes it makes the people around us healthier and happier and, um, you know, it makes our, you know, makes us healthier and happier. And, and so I think this, this idea that we just kind of have to keep these things, you know, hidden in the shadows or not talk about them or keep them very hush hush or under wraps, um, can be hurtful, you know, um, because I think a lot of people, if they were to Speak more openly about it. Um, they would know, like, oh, hey, this person actually went through something similar, or you know, a bunch of years ago, this, you know, such and such was going through a pretty hard time as well, right? This is not, this is not uncommon, um, and and people can experience a lot of shame around what they're feeling, and you know, I I always encourage people to just you know be open about how they feel, and um, and get the help they need. Mm-hmm. okay
1: great thank you so much Asia. and uh, if anyone has any questions you could always um, email us or call in message us um, on Instagram and um, this will be part of the podcast so you can listen to it in the future Hassa thank you so much and have a great night
0: thank you Robin thanks everybody
1: bye bye